This is Jeremy from the Nerd Out Loud podcast, and I pay money to Patreon every month just to help alleviate the guilt I feel from not listening to I Doubt It with Dolomore. And Brittany, we're worried about you. Blink twice if you're being held against your will. We're here to help. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Episode 519 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly dog mom, Brittany Page. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you ever think? <laughs> that I would be called a dog mom? A dog mom. I don't know how I feel about the term still. You're a little fur baby. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> Um, I am kind of worried about Popeye at the moment, though, uh, because, well, number one... You feel a little bait and switch has happened? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But he is... So he's blind in one eye. Yeah. And we are concerned that his other eye is starting to go. Um, it does seem to be uh, a bummer for him. Yeah. Well, he's got a thing called dry eye is what they, the, the mm-hmm. people, uh, the, the vet and the, the, the rescue people said. He has dry eye. Mm-hmm. And apparently th- there are drops you give him, but they're like multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. They sting when you put them in. Mm-hmm. He's not a fan. Yeah. He becomes a snapping snap monster who wants to bite you because you're hurting him. Yeah. And uh, well, it doesn't hurt him that the eye is crusty. It's like it's like perpetual conjunctivitis, p- mm-hmm. perpetual pink eye in that eye, mm-hmm. and it looks like maybe the other one's starting to not be so great. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that, but we're also taking a birthday trip to San Francisco next weekend, and we're trying to figure out what to do with the Popeye. Well, we figured it out. Yeah, well, he has to get a temperament test. We think we have found a place for him to stay, but he needs to he needs to a, pass a test first. A, a doggy hotel. Yeah, they need to figure out um, if He's he... He's a dick. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if he is able to play nice with the other animals. And we don't know. Yeah, we have no idea. I mean, we know how he reacts when we are outside walking him on the two walks that we've taken him on because he does not like walking. He's been on more than two, but not much more. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much ignores other animals for the most part. Total ignore. Like doesn't even look at them. Which is like the ultimate alpha behavior. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're not even there. Like they don't yeah. exist. Yeah, exactly. They don't exist to him. Uh, he, he sometimes will pay attention to their owner. Yeah, he loves people, wants attention from them. He'll bark to try to scare people. <laughs> yeah. But then he's like, oh, wait, just love me. Oh, I didn't tell you. I did an experiment today. You did. Yeah, and I just, I walked by the front door. Yeah. And, you know, like people walk by in front on like on the sidewalk and he freaks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I did that today. Yeah. And he he did his thing. Oh wow. So All I, right. So it's not it's not that it's stranger, just any passing person Got he's it. not a fan of. All right. So yeah. we have a guard dog, an official guard dog. Yeah, even against me. What's gonna happen when the guard dog is blind though? 
He will be less effective. (laughs) (laughs) But we will still love him the same. He might actually be more of a cuddler once he's a blind guy. Yeah, that's true. I I always tell him I'm going to hold him like a baby and I try to pick him up and hold him like a baby and he does not like it at all. But maybe when he's blind, he will like it. You never know. I'm interested if any of our listeners have blind dogs or other uh, disabled dogs. Well, I've I've known of of dogs that, that can't hear. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a tough thing, but you get around it. You know, you you vibrate, you hit the floor or whatever, and then they, oh, shit, something's happening. Mm-hmm. But with a, a blind, I don't know how, what you'd do. Mm-hmm. Obviously right. sound, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be tough, but. I'm sure there's voluminous material online to, to, to find out about how, yeah, what the tricks of the trade are. Also, humans figure it out, and dogs really have people to help them. Yeah. So at least dogs have that. Well, they also have strong, like, regular instinct. They can they get around. It's like a dog. Like, oh, you have a three-legged dog. That dog doesn't fucking care about not having an extra leg. <laughs> He's running like a maniac. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, he'll compensate. Yeah, he'll figure it out. That's he'll right. be all right. So we're, you know, we're... We're going on a trip the end of the month, though. Yeah, so we're, we're excited. Well, not the end of the month, the the second to last yeah, week. Next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. It's going to be a good time. Because you can't forget, at the end of the month, we have our Patreon hangout calls. That's right. Yeah. The week before that. The mm-hmm. weekend before that. Next. It is next the, weekend, No, the right? weekend after that. The weekend after the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Look at a calendar. I don't fucking know okay? what's going on around me, man. Take a look at a calendar one my of these week, days. My week runs from jury duty week to jury duty week. <laughs> Wednesday to Wednesday, man. That's 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 what I got going on. Yeah. And what did they say? You only have like 14 weeks left or something? 13 weeks. That's crazy. It, it Can you believe that? Insane that it's been an entire year almost. That is... It's unbelievable. I mean, seriously. No, it freaks me out. We're rapidly dying. Siri's going off because I said, no, seriously, and Siri went crazy. So anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, We want to get right in because there is a whole bunch of stuff going on that just broke. I did an impromptu video just a few minutes ago. It's it's been a busy one. Mm -hmm. But before we do, I want to drop the phone number and the email address Give you guys the avenue through which to communicate with the show. Sound off. Ask us a question. Give us your opinion. Call in to let us know that you rated and reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be a good time. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So let's begin with the the thing that's going to be talked about all day today for you. <laughs> oh, that's already yeah. going crazy. Oh yeah. That George Stephanopoulos from ABC sat down or was stood over Donald Trump while he was sitting at his desk in the weird fucking interview things that he does, mm-hmm. and was staring asking, directly into the camera. Yeah, it was just weirdo. And George asks him about Donald Trump Jr. having lied and and the, 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 you know, well, he did say if it's what you say, I love it. And I want this information from the Russian government, which who was purportedly going to be providing that information for the meeting in Trump Tower. That's exactly right. June 9th, uh, 2015. Or was it 2016? 
2016, I believe. 2016. Yeah, 2016. So anyway, and Donald Trump, oh, he's a good boy. He's such a good boy. That's how I had to read that he might go to jail. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Well, also, he's like 40. Can you not talk about how he is like a good boy? He's a good boy. (laughs) He's 41. He's going blind. He's a good boy. (laughs) So so anyway, Uh Donald Trump said, look, we always say that, you know, he's... We're never really surprised by what he says or is it that he... he does shocking things that we're not really surprised by anymore. It's one of, kind of one of those deals. Yeah, it's what you come to expect, but at the same time, it's like, really? More of this? Well, especially when he's sitting at the Resolute desk in the Oval Office of the White House. Yeah. Also, I know that this is less important, but can we just take a second to talk about how he looks? He looks terrible. I think his mental state might be in decline because he must think he looks good. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but it looks like they take um, a pink lipstick and apply it under his eyes. And I'm not sure who is doing that to him. If he's doing it to himself, I don't know. His lips are the same color. And I mean, he's free to style himself however he wants, of course. Um, but it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a, strange. It's, it's strange to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. It's yeah. a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> so anyway, he he gave this answer. This is the exchange between he and George, and it is uh, fucking enraging. Your son Don Jr. is up before the Senate Intelligence Committee today, and again, he was not charged with anything. In retrospect, though, by the way, think- not only wasn't he charged. If you read it, with all of the horrible fake news, I mean, I was reading that my son was going to go to jail. This is a good young man. That he was going to go to jail. Young man. And then the report comes out, and they didn't even say, they, they hardly even talked about it. Should he have him. gone to the FBI when he got that email? Okay, let's put yourself in a position. You're a congressman. Somebody comes up and says, hey, I have information on your opponent. Do you call the FBI? I, I don't think. Coming from I'll Russia, tell you what, you do. I've seen a lot of things over my life. I don't think in my whole life I've ever called the FBI. In my whole life. I don't, you don't call the FBI. You throw somebody out of your office. You do whatever. Al you Gore got a stolen briefing book. He called the FBI. Well, that's different. A stolen briefing book. This isn't a stolen. This is somebody that said we have information on your opponent. Oh, let me call the FBI. Give me a break. Life doesn't the work. The FBI that way. director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Your campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI. If I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right? They come up with oppo research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. So he's not only implicating most or all of Congress in a fucking crime, in treasonous behavior, but he's also, if you notice there, kind of shifting the story mm-hmm. i think he realizes about midway through yeah that oh god damn this is not good how do i steer this back on track because take a country he goes from you don't call the fbi well the fbi director says you should well the fbi director is wrong to like uh, two three sentences later well maybe i'd go to the fbi maybe maybe i'd go to the fbi mm-hmm. me and my young man son 
my young my young man the he the good young man yeah yeah Arr. yeah this is this i don't i, I don't know I, I mean this is bordering on traitorous behavior well and like he said he started trying to or like you said i mean he started trying to back it down saying you know you take a country norway Nor yeah right norway okay those are not the countries that george stephanopoulos listed when you were like sure those are also not the governments that are going to be uh, putting themselves in a position to be helping the Donald Trump administration. <laughs> yeah, Norway is super jazzed. Right. Real has a really <laughs> strong investment here. Very passionate. That's like Mexico going, "Hey, listen, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we don't like uh, Bernie Sanders or yeah. Elizabeth Warren yeah. or Joe Biden or whoever it may be." Yeah. You're you're our guy, Donald We're Trump. We're gonna funnel some resources to get some oppo research. We it's love what it's called. When people are racist against us. <laughs> Look, we haven't sent our best to you in the past. Yeah. You know, we're 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 rapists and we're drug dealers, but uh, we we'll send our best info to you. Some of us <laughs> even have good oppo research. That's right. And we're going to get it to you. Some of us, you can assume, yeah. have good oppo research. <laughs> so anyway, this whole thing is, I mean, I've had a few hours now to process it. And like, it needs to be fucking processed. And it is uh, outrageous. Because where is the Republican Party? Where? I watched a little CNN and they have Rick fucking Santorum on there bobbing and weaving and making excuses. Shocking. There's no excuse to be made here. This is the president of the United States of America sitting in the Oval Office behind the Resolute desk saying that if Russia, an enemy, comes to him with, with, with militarily obtained information through their intelligence infrastructure that he's going to take it and not call the fbi well not only that he said the fbi director is wrong yeah the, the party of law and order right? right oh yeah law and order i'm the only one who can fix it i'm the law and order candidate and by the way i see countless blue lives matter flags during the day now yeah. I, I just see i see so many on the freeway on the 91 and uh, <laughs> on the 91 Californians. Californians. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, what are you doing here, Stuart? <laughs> Does it surprise anybody, though, that he's saying, oh, the FBI director's wrong? Remember this. The advice I have to give you now is don't talk to the FBI. Of course. That's the Republican deal now. Yeah, but it's just, anyway. I, We're I, all about the, the Blue Lives Matter and the law enforcement, Brittany. Yeah. Yes. Again, why are we being tortured? And at what at what point at what point is it going to become something that the Republican Party cannot ignore? That they are they have to respond. And what is it going to take? Is it just public pressure? Do people just need to be outraged? I mean, what is it going to take? I don't know. I mean, I always since we've started doing the show, it's been brought to my attention that I'm a little bit of a silver lining kind of guy. I'm a little bit of a, a, a positive thinker about things. And I, I want to be guarded about this because I've been burned many fucking times, even by the, 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 the sheer election of Donald Trump to the highest office in the land. But I got to say, it gives me a little bit of confidence that, uh, you know, Justin Amash, the libertarian guy, Republican, but a Republican libertarian from Michigan, that he did come out and say, uh-uh, 
this guy needs to be impeached. That gives me some glimmer of hope that there might be others out there who will, for whatever reason, whether it be political expediency or not, come forward and say, I'm going to cut bait with this guy, too. Mm -hmm. That maybe his courage in the face of all of his colleagues, the blockade, as it were, maybe there'll be start. There'll be a little bit of evaporation within the party. Yeah, I hope. I'm not super confident of that. Yeah, especially because you have dipshits like Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan Mm -hmm. and Matt Gates. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's pretty shocking. Sorry state of affairs. Yeah, it's really upsetting because you just wonder how much worse is it going to get? Yeah. You know, and how much worse is it going to get before the Democrats fucking do something? Well, and even what what are the tactics going to be that will be used against the Democratic nominee? Yeah. I mean, how he's admitting. He's this is a call that. This is Donald Trump broadcasting. This is the same exact thing as Donald Trump did when he said, Russia, if you're listening, Mm -hmm. go at it. Get those emails. And then what happened that very day? Mm -hmm. The hacking farms, the information rooting out farms went to work to hack the emails. That's exactly what Donald Trump is doing here. He's putting his feelers out. He's letting every, any any malign organization, any malign state out there that wants to do, do some business, open for business. Mm-hmm. I don't see that it could be any other thing. Yeah, I don't know what else it could be either. I mean, we know how Donald Trump operates. We know the, the shady business dealings. I just... The, the Democrats need to fucking wisen up here. Is that a word, wisen? Mm-hmm. They need to stay vigilant about this because this is going to be something that happens in 2020. It's now beyond a reasonable doubt that this is what's going to happen. And probably from multiple bad actors, Russia, North Korea, who knows who else. Mm-hmm. And we have Mitch McConnell, who who is 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 at every turn stopping any bill to come to the floor to try to bolster our election security. Right. The fix is in here. They're trying to fix this election like they've done through gerrymandering and voter suppression. This is it. We have to be smart. We need to pressure Nancy Pelosi. They need to fucking get to work using whatever means at their disposal to to hit this head on. Because otherwise... The integrity of our already suspect elections are are just going to be in question. No one will know for sure. Mm-hmm. Talk about a rigged system. Ugh. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Always 657-464-7609. Email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Speaking of terrible ethics situations... Donald Trump is now under fire, I want to say, under pressure, that uh, critics are at it again talking about the fact that he is taking foreign money into his businesses and benefiting financially from being in office as president. 
New reporting from NBC News that raises new questions about President Trump's business dealings, which could fuel more calls for him to release his tax returns. Our review shows that representatives of at least 22 foreign governments appear to have spent money at properties owned by the Trump Organization. That includes the swanky Trump International Hotel right here in D.C. and the Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida. Critics call it a clear violation of the Constitution. Here with this new reporting, NBC News national security and intelligence intelligence reporter Ken Delanian. Ken, thanks so much for being here with your new reporting. So let's put up a map of these 22 foreign countries that have had representatives visit Trump properties. They include Russia, China, Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia. So explain what this is all about and why some say this is concerning. Well, it's a concern, Kristen, because it appears that foreign governments are trying to influence the president of the United States by patronizing his hotel, his golf clubs and his restaurants. Uh, and that, critics say, is a clear violation of the emoluments clause of the U.S. Constitution, which expressly prohibits a president from accepting foreign gifts and payments. Now, there's a lot of examples of this. One of my favorites is a group from Cyprus, the Mediterranean na nation of Cyprus, uh, holds a conference at the Trump International Hotel. And a local news story out of Cyprus says explicitly that this was designed to influence the president of the United States. So that is the concern that critics have. Well, Ken, do we know how much money was spent we don't, Kristen, and that's another issue. There's no transparency here. All we know is that the Trump Organization has promised to, to donate the foreign profits to the Treasury, and they have written checks totaling $343,000. But they have not told us uh, what that number is based on. They're a private organization, and we don't know to what extent foreign governments and their representatives are patronizing these properties. All we know is what we can glean from the public record, which is what we've tried to do here, and the total is 22. It may well, Kristen, be much higher than that. And I know you've been working the phones on this. Have you gotten any reaction yet, Ken? No immediate response from the Trump organization, but I can tell you what they argue, which is that they say these are regular business payments, so they're not emoluments. They're not gifts. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they shouldn't be prohibited. But this is the subject of two lawsuits, um, so that will be litigated in court. But the larger issue, Kristen, is even if they're regular business payments, um, we've never had a president before who's operating a business empire or, or at least owning one. He says that his sons are operating it while being president. So it offers all these opportunities for not only foreign governments, but American business interests and others to try to influence him in ways that the public really can't look at, Kristen. Well, and at the end there, you heard him reference American business interests. Yeah, I yeah. just smashed the mic into my face. That is okay. And that actually was a story from March. Uh, about T-Mobile. Mm. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. T-Mobile's chief executive, John Legra. I, I don't know. He's the guy who always wears the T-Mobile pink colors, and he does, like, the slow cooker Sunday. He does these, like, live Facebook videos all the time. Yeah, I think He's kind I, of an eccentric character. Yeah, I think I blocked that out. And um, <laughs> other company leaders with T-Mobile, they spent $195,000 on hotel stays and other expenses at the Trump International Hotel in Washington. Um, Which, by the way, isn't like the nicest place. It's not like, oh, well, it's the only nice place to stay. Yeah. They're doing that to curry favor with Donald Trump because guess whose merger didn't get questioned or challenged? T-Mobile Sprint. Well, and that is that that was the spending that coincided with the time period that they were seeking approval for right. a twenty-six billion dollar merger with Sprint. Right. So And and who who's whose merger did get challenged? AT&T. Who owns owns HBO? 
own CNN. That got challenged. But not uh, not the, not the people who spent a bunch of money staying at Trump places. Well, and you also had Jared Kushner make news this week about his company. Uh, Cadre, I think is yeah, the company. Right. And the company has received, taken in, $90 million in investments from Saudi Arabia and a Goldman Sachs entity in the Cayman Islands. Right. Now, this is also one of the properties that he for initially forgot to put on his security clearance right, application. You remember he's edited that thing like... I think six times. Yeah, uh, many times. He keeps forgetting all kinds of things, right? Forgetting. And so what's going on here? Because we know about his relationship with the Saudi crown prince, mm -hmm. right? And what is with all this money being funneled to his real estate company. This is the reason why he kept being denied for a security clearance and only got one after Donald Trump forced it through personally. This is the reason. Because he is, his ethics are suspect. The fact that he, they may be able to apply undue influence to him because they've loaned him money and not totally on the up and up. Right. That's a fucking problem. Well, and the main problem here with both Donald Trump and Jared Kushner, just the whole family, anyone connected to them, is that while they're working for the federal government, they have refused to completely divest themselves yeah. from their business interests. Or they say they'll do it and then they don't. Yeah, I mean, listen, telling your the, your least favorite son to run the business and that he's never going to speak to you while you're in office right. about the business. I mean, it's unrealistic. I mean, that's a benefit to never have to talk to Eric Trump again. But it's but, not but realistic. But that's not happening. Right, right. That, that's not happening, though. <laughs> Maybe he was just, you know, had his fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's not talking to him, but only about the business. You know, he doesn't want to hear anything else. He just wants to know how things are going. Well, speaking of not divesting after having promised you'll do so, Donald Trump's, transporta Donald Trump's transportation secretary, Elaine Chow, who happens to be... The wife of Mitch McConnell. Oh, God. <laughs> also promised that she would divest herself of any investment, any interest in uh, a company called Vulcan Materials, mm -hmm. who just so happens. I mean, you would think, oh, no big deal. It's just a Star Trek company. They love, they love, uh, <laughs> they love Spock. But they're the largest supplier of crushed stone, sand, and gravel, which is used in road paving and road building in the country. Vulcan materials seems like that is a conflict of interest when your transportation secretary mm -hmm. and your business, your job entails building of roads. They keep talking about uh, infrastructure constantly, right? Floating it, even though nothing ever gets done. And every time they talk about it, she gets a little richer. Mm -hmm. She now owns hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of that company's stock that just keeps going up every time they start talking about infrastructure. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is, in the past, would have been like, oh, she's got to fucking go. Mm -hmm. This is out of bounds. Not in Trump's administration. The other thing she did, she was planning to take a trip to China. She's a multimillionaire because of her family shipping interest. Shipping businesses, mm -hmm. also having to do with transportation. And she was trying to get federal officials to set up a meeting between Chinese officials and her family. 
a private business meeting being arranged by federal officials. And when this went through the diplomatic channels, they fucking they spun it right back around and said, nah, this is we, we can't do this. This is this is untoward. And it, she ended up canceling her trip. Mm-hmm. It just. Oh, and the other thing, one more thing that she did. God, there's there's so many things. She also set up like a liaison within the Department of Transportation to deal specifically with Mitch McConnell's office to get Kentucky specific projects streamlined through. Right, to steer federal funds to yeah. the state. Right. Which, by the way, up to this point, he's gotten almost a hundred million dollars worth of projects in into Kentucky. Like yeah. seventy eight million or something. Well, and he was actually asked about this because this was pretty big news this week as well. A lot of big news has been happening, yeah. you guys. Fucking chicanery. And he made a joke of it. Of course he did. He said, quote, you know, I was complaining to her just last night. 169 projects in Kentucky only got five. I hope we'll do a lot better next year. Uh, Which you can just hear him saying this. You can hear him saying it. You can see him saying it with his smug little voice. You know, that low. But this is ribbit. This is really what gaslighting is. Yes. Okay. Because you hear these people always talking about drain the swamp, right? Drain the swamp. Get these career politicians out of Washington. Yeah, exactly. Let's have um, a government that is represented by the people for the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you you just don't have that at all. And at every turn, these people are taking advantage. And rather than Fox News reporting that, right, and actually giving people information, they are supporting them in these efforts. Well, it's it's not helping them. It's a weird kind of gaslighting because it's almost like, I don't even care if you know. I'm just going to say that I'm not doing that. It's like, a yeah, I'm doing it. Fuck you. What are you going to do? I don't care if you believe it or not. We're gaslighting. You're kind of like, no, you're just crazy. Yeah, we're, we're, they're not even trying to put on the facade. Yeah, I don't. I think they are putting on a facade though, because when you have Donald Trump doing all these shady business dealings, yeah. not divesting himself, um, continuing to profit from his business interests, and then acting like he's not right, and going out there and telling the people, "We're, we're still draining the swamp, you guys." Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it. It's really disturbing the lengths to which these people are going to lie and manipulate and fool people into believing that they alone can solve the problem when they're actually making the problems worse. It's it's like uh, this week when he got back from Great Britain after taking a detour to Ireland to go to one of his own golf properties and stay with the entire Secret Service, all the White House staff, adding almost $4 million to the tab, bringing his golf total to $105 million since he's become president. A tenth of a billion dollars we've spent so Donald Trump can fucking golf. In the beginning, I used to say, well, you know, a president's got to have some time off. This is untenable. It's not a normal situation where he goes off and golfs every other, every third, once a month, whatever. This is constant golfing on his own properties at which he is profiting 
when all of his entourage has to be paid for too. And also then paying for their thousand dollar bar tabs and shit. Well, yeah, you also had his whole family, you know, his 40 year old kids and then his He's 40, a good boy though. He's a good boy. His 40 year old kids and then the 40 year old kids spouses and then the Tiffany that he doesn't talk to or speak about, <laughs> they all went to visit the, the female, queen. It's the female Eric, Brittany. They all went to visit the queen as well. Yeah. Why do all of those people need to make that trip? It's an opportunity to meet the queen. For free. Yeah. Perfect. No, it's not free. You and I paid for it. For free. <laughs> we paid for it wholly and solely. No one else paid, just us. For free for the Trumps. <laughs> you know they love free stuff. They definitely love free shit. They love, actually, they love getting bills for things and then not paying those bills. And then they laugh oh. and they say, oh, that was free, you guys. Did, did we talk about this last episode? How Eric and uh, the good boy went into a bar in Ireland and said, oh, we'll do a round on the house, everybody. Well, you just mentioned it. And, and th Well, I don't know if we talked about it last time. Oh. And uh, fucking walked out, didn't pay. Yeah, I mean, we there's that picture of Eric Trump in an In-N-Out, and he has a water cup, and it's filled with lemonade. Yeah. You know, these are the kinds of people that we're dealing with here. Ugh. I mean, they have gold toilets, but they are filling a water cup with lemonade. Is that how people? Is that how rich people stay rich? That's right. <laughs> they, not, not paying for soda. Yeah. They get a water <laughs> cup, and then they secretly steal and drink soda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that must be how they stay rich, right? Fucking dipshits. Fucking dipshits. Mm -hmm. All right. We'd love to know what you think. Again, 657-464-7609. Email voice memos to our, our email line. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Randy. Randy. Randy is our newest Patreon supporter. Very, very beautiful. And we appreciate it so much. Thank you to all of you who support us on Patreon. Thank you to all of you who support us by listening twice a week. Thank you to all of you who support us by giving us a review on iTunes without profanity or in whatever podcast app you use to listen to podcasts. There are a lot of them of the, the apps, the old apps. There are many of them. I used to when, uh, in earlier days when I was worried about audience numbers and such, uh -huh. I used to have several podcast apps. So I kept, was kept apprised of how each one worked. And uh, I stopped doing that. It took up too much fucking room <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Of course you stopped doing that. That sounds exhausting. Yeah, it's very, very yeah, exhausting. I'm glad that you stopped. So anyway, thank you guys. We appreciate you. We even appreciate you shopping on Amazon and enriching Jeff Bezos, who's desperately trying to turn off our affiliate link. Yeah. We still <laughs> hasn't done it. Yeah, he doesn't want anyone to have anything. But we're I think waiting. that's how that works. We're waiting for it. To, he's, he, he's a guy who gets free soda. Yeah, Jeff I'm Bezos. sure he does. I'm sure he <laughs> I'm does. sure there are countless pictures of him with an in-and-out water cup filled with soda. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you. Now let's get back to the news. Jon Stewart was in Washington. One of his pet causes, John Stewart, you know, after having been a little bit critical of Jon Stewart last episode. It wasn't really being critical. It was giving an example of how in the past I had been critical. Anyway, one of his pet issues, his very issues that he's very passionate about, 
is the 9-11 Victims Fund that they they always seem to have to be going back to the trough. No, no, uh, I'm not trying to malign the issue, but they are, they're always trying to get back and get it refunded rather than just have any a perpetual cycle of money for these really, and everybody knows how I feel about everybody being called heroes and how we've lowered the bar on people who are called heroes now. Those men and women on 9-11 who ran in as people were dying, who ran into their deaths, who stuck around and, and lost limbs and have cancer now and have le 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 leukemia and lymphoma, all these diseases because of the toxicity that was just in the fucking air, they are heroes. Well, and that's because they were running into an almost certain death. Yes. And in that moment, they knew that. Yeah, they knew that you could tell every everyone saw what was happening and knowing that they still did their job. So, I mean, you're thinking about that cop in Florida that we were talking about a couple episodes ago. Right. Um, and Scott uh, Peterson, we see the I don't think it was it Scott Peterson, the the Parkland. Isn't that the murderer that murdered Lacey Peterson? Uh, Scott Peterson is S.C.O.T. One T. Scott Peterson. This, the cop. The cop is Scott Peterson. Okay. And yeah. then murderer Scott is Another, two Gs. Apparently, not a lot of good people with the name Scott Peterson. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you can see the difference yes. there. The difference between that man and the police, firefighters, and other first responders that ran into that building on 9-11. But the um, Victim Compensation Fund was established in 2011, uh, like you said, to help the first responders who now have illnesses or have died because of their exposure yeah. to the toxic substances that they encountered yeah. when they were there. So anyway, so 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 John Stewart was on uh, Capitol Hill at a House uh, committee hearing and really... Let them have it. Now to Capitol Hill, where a vote is set today on a bill to compensate 9-11 first responders suffering devastating effects on their health. This on the heels of John Stewart's emotional testimony. Our senior national correspondent, Terry Moran, has more. He's there in Washington for us. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Robin. You know, over the years, John Stewart's made a lot of people laugh, but there were many people, including members of Congress, on the verge of tears in that hearing room when he stepped forward to demand that Congress do its job and take care of some of the heroes of 9-11. Surrounded by 9-11 first responders. You are ignoring them. Comedian John Stewart struggled to control his emotions on Capitol Hill Tuesday as he demanded Congress take action. There is not a person here, there is not an empty chair on that stage that didn't tweet out, never forget the heroes of 9-11, never forget their bravery, never forget what they did, what they gave to this country. Well, here they are. Stewart, a longtime advocate for the 9-11 first responders, repeatedly called out lawmakers for not doing enough to compensate those among them who were sickened by all that toxic debris at the site of the attack. They responded in five seconds. They did their jobs with courage, grace, tenacity, humility. 18 years later, do yours. The compensation fund for those men and women is now running out of money and faces cuts. We are all worried about our children and spouses 
and our families if we are not here. And many whose lives depend on that fund are running out of time, like Detective Lou Alvarez, who is facing his 69th chemotherapy treatment. You all said you would never forget. Well, I'm here to make sure that you don't. A furious steward called the scene a metaphor for the whole system. Your indifference costs these men and women their most valuable commodity. Time. It's the one thing they're running out of. Well, there was so much emotion in that hearing room, in part because of all those empty seats. Uh, that was in part because they were in a big hearing room. There was actually a subcommittee. Twelve of the 14 members showed up. But that passion that you hear, it wasn't about the numbers. It was about Congress failing to live up to its promises to these heroes of 9-11. Cecilia? Heroes who deserve these promises kept. Okay, Terry, thank you. And then the same day when Mitch McConnell was asked about this, again, just... No shame with these assholes. Listen to Mitch McConnell. The 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund is running out. Do you support reauthorizing the fund? Gosh, I hadn't looked at that lately. I'll have to. Uh, we've always uh, dealt with that in the past in a compassionate way, and I assume we will and again, but I, I haven't looked at it lately. He's the majority leader of the United States fucking Senate. You can't tell me he doesn't know what the status of this particular thing is. He doesn't know that a high-profile witness is showing up over in the House side and saying the things he said. Because if Mitch McConnell is anything, he is a legislative tactician. He fucking knows what is coming up and what is going on. Mm -hmm. And for him to say, oh, gosh, oh, golly gee, uh, I don't know. We've always dealt with it with so much compassion and love and kindness. We'll have to see what happens. Bullshit. Yeah. In fact, such bullshit that I found this interview, a guy standing in the hall talking to Jon Stewart about this very thing, and Jon Stewart goes all out and explains exactly why Mitch McConnell is to blame for the situation they're in. Why did you say McConnell's an impediment to because it was through? Because that's who holds. So this is going through the House. They could do a clean bill in the House Thursday and put it through clean. In the Senate, if they think they're not going to have 60, they'll hold it. So what he does is they wait until like September when there's those omnibus bills. And then they'll take this and they'll jam it underneath an omnibus bill so that it'll make it, uh, uh, it'll make it vulnerable to horse trading. Oh, you guys really want this. Well, guess what? I'm taking it out of the bill unless you give me uh, shag carpeting exporting for Chinese. It's... And, and it's, I'm not talking, maybe that'll happen. That's what happened. They put in the transportation bill in an omnibus. He pulled it out because they wouldn't give him uh, uh, an oil export. What was it? Oil exports? It was oil exports. He wanted the ability. To, so he leveraged their sickness on oil exports. That can't happen this time. It, it, it's, it's not, forget about like morally sound. It's just... It's maniacal. 
I was on the Hill the day before they passed the the omnibus, the last appropriations bill, mm-hmm. asking members about it, and they're like, oh, we'll see what's in it, we'll see what's in it. 24 hours later, it's passed. Right. So people weren't even really looking they don't through know. the bill. They're it comes sure. with all kinds of earmarks. Listen, there's thousands of earmarks in those bills. Ours was the one that got taken out because they knew just how important it was to, to everybody to get it passed. Now, look. I understand that, that this is a political place and people do things like that. Let this be outside of that realm. And I'd like to say that, like, yeah, both parties have really made it a political football. They haven't. Mitch McConnell has made this a problem. Only him. And I put the blame and the onus on him because he can fix it tomorrow. If tomorrow he said, let's do this as a clean bill, and the truth is that money while it's important, is a rounding error compared to the kind of stuff that we waste here all the time, this would be done. And none of these people would have to be here. It's almost like there's a theme on the show today. Yeah. And the theme is Mitch McConnell's a dick. Total, total dick. And I think that this whole thing that we've been talking about with Jon Stewart, and I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. It has just reminded me of how much I miss Jon Stewart. Yeah, no kidding. And miss his voice and his passion. His and contribution. This was a very moving speech that he gave. And I I appreciate his emotionality. And, you know, because it's the internet, some people challenged the legitimacy the of his The emotion- authenticity? Yeah. Really? I believe so, be- because there was a tweet that I saw that said, for anyone questioning the um, what they saw, here's another clip of, and it was Jon Stewart receiving the jacket. Oh, right. I saw that. Yeah. And um, the jacket of the firefighter. Very, very touching. Yeah. Um, I think Ray Pfeiffer was the, the firefighter's name that he was friends with. And um, someone bid on it quite a bit of money, I guess, um, in order to get the jacket and then gave it to Jon Stewart. And Jon Stewart was, you know, crying. And I think that this is the kind of stuff that we want to see. And I know that we talk a lot about um, who we should be rewarding with power on the show. And it it should be someone who has like all of the opposite characteristics of, of Donald Trump. Yeah. I want someone who gets emotional who has emotional displays, who is genuine, Yeah. who can cry, who doesn't think that that is a weakness. You know what I mean? Um, that's like a very important characteristic in a leader. Someone who actually feels yeah. for other people. Uh, also, someone who is not uh, a soulless jerk-off. Someone mm-hmm. who, look, there are certain things that shouldn't be politicized. You shouldn't be able to tweet your fucking never forgets. And your your nine eleven uh, tributes, and then not do what you've pledged to do relative to taking care of the men and women who are suffering now. Their health is in serious decline as a direct result of on the job heroism. To leverage these men and women's sickness. For whatever purpose, whatever higher purpose that you think is, is sick, twisted, and wrong. So we also want to give an update here because today, Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee voted unanimously to extend the compensation fund 
That that is right. And now it goes on. Uh, it'll go onto the floor. Mm-hmm. They'll vote, mm-hmm. which, like he was saying, they could do a clean bill Thursday, mm-hmm. and then it will go on to the Senate, mm-hmm. and that is what we'll 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 be able to witness. We'll be able to witness whether or not this is true. The 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund is running out. Do you support reauthorizing the fund? Gosh, I hadn't looked at that lately. I'll have to. Uh, We've always uh, dealt with that in the past in a compassionate way, and I assume we will again, but I I haven't looked at it lately. And I assume, I assume, I assume we'll do that again. You shouldn't have to assume that you'll handle it compassionately. Well, you also have uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer saying that he is, quote, imploring, pleading, even begging Mitch McConnell to bring the bill to the floor as soon as it passes in the House. Right. Because so you have pressure from all these different points. Right. And at some point, Mitch McConnell is not going to be able to hide from this. No, that's right. Because this is something that even his team is going to get upset about. That's what I was trying to interrupt you with. I was I was going to say, if this makes it to the floor, it will fucking pass unanimously. Mm hmm. Unless there's some legislative chicanery going on where it gets stuffed to an, into an omnibus, omnibus bill later in the year, at the end of the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then yeah, th- there could be some wrangling and some bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. But if it gets a clean vote up and down, there's not there's not one member of the United States Congress with the fucking grit, the, uh, the, the misplaced grit to vote against something like this. Because this is wildly popular, wildly justified. You know, watch some fucking videos of 9-11 if you question that. Mm-hmm. Remember what that day was like. Remember watching people jump out of buildings. And to I caught the, the the skyline of New York City changing forever. We owe these people this. It's not a fucking political football. Anyway, I think we will end it there. Mm-hmm. I think we'll end it there. We appreciate you guys. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, you can always email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We're going to be recording um, probably Friday. What do you think? Friday? Mm -hmm. Friday evening. Mm -hmm. And we want to have your contributions then. Yep. We'd love to have you rate and review the show on iTunes. We, there's no shoe to re- review, <laughs> only the show. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So anyway, uh, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.